Welcome to the More Than Corporate podcast, where we discuss finding fulfillment, defining success, and living your best life. There's no roadmap to success, no one-size-fits-all answer to fulfillment. I believe it requires us all to be vulnerable and authentic about what we want to accomplish and have the courage to step out of our comfort zone to chase our dreams. Keep listening to hear stories from inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day. Kristen, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. We're going to get into so much of what you do and the exciting exciting parts of that and a little bit of your story. Um, but before we do, why don't we just start with what it was like for you growing up? Can you take us back to maybe like 12, 13 years old and what you thought your life was going to look like in that period of time? So when I was about 12 years old, um, I had already started taking piano lessons and I had joined the air cadet program here in Canada and uh, um, started learning different instruments, started off with the saxophone and went to percussion and the brass instruments and sort of developed my love for other instruments and other rhythms. Um, I got into the pipes and drum side and I just kind of really progressed in, in my instrumentation and what I, what I knew. After that was done, I, I kind of aged out of that program. I went on to um, go into an audio engineering program and I started putting together you know, demos and songs and recording bands and whatnot. And I started joining my first bands and that progressed into more songwriting and, and just kind of branching out on my own and finding a producer and um, kept working on my craft. And here I am today. That's amazing. Did you always know that this like songwriter artist life was what you wanted to do? Or um, how did you kind of come across that? That's what your future was no. going to hold? Yeah, no, no. When I was younger, um, you know, I wanted to uh, get into aviation. I wanted to be a pilot. And so, you know, I was kind of leaning towards that. And um, music was something that really came natural to, to me. It was, you know, I really loved doing it. But it wasn't really until I went to school for it that I kind of saw the other aspects of, you know, how records were made and how things were done and produced and how I was able to manipulate sounds and transform, you know, a vision into something even bigger and better. And I just love the whole creative aspect of it and um you know when I started writing and I wrote my first song and I thought oh you know what would this sound if I worked together with a producer and kind of figured that out and and did that and um after my first song I, I kind of knew you know this this is what I wanted to do I wanted to kind of share my 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 stories and my experiences and, and kind of um yeah just just write and uh you know, kind of heal the world kind of thing. Yeah, heal the world. That's a good way to put it. I know music does that for me and so many of the people that listen to this show. When did you write your first song? I wrote my first song in 2009. Okay. So it's a bit of a, yeah, I got a, a, a bit of a late start there, but um, uh, it was called Breakaway off my first EP. And um, yeah, I just, I just really liked the flow and I had a huge influences from like Avril Lavigne and, and uh, the, you know, Mariana's Trench and that kind of thing, just all pouring into there. And um, yeah, it turned out really, really good. And I ended up, you know, uh, continuing on with that producer and we kind of worked one in one. And uh, yeah, so I got a little bit of a late start writing, but uh, it's all, it's all well worth it. 
Yeah, I love it. Um, one of the things that you said that really kind of sticks out at me is we are in this world where people see all of these like singing competition shows and everything makes it look like you just show up one day and perform for somebody and then you start your career. And so when you talk about going to school and this being something that you learned, it really puts a different idea on the career side of being a singer songwriter. Yeah, yeah. And you're absolutely right. I mean, there's so many of these competitions out there. You're right. And just, but it's kind of the story behind those artists out there that not a lot of people know or they hear about. It's not just you show up and you sing and that's it. You get a record deal and there you go. Um, so a lot of these artists have been singing and doing, you know, uh, county fairs or they've been doing, you know, other songwriting things or, or playing in pubs and, and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, but it's a lot of hard work. I mean, uh, whether I've played to, you know, a thousand people or one person in a room, it's I still play the, the show as if it's a massive crowd and I've, I've sold out a stadium. So, I mean, you're, you're getting quite an epic uh, performance when I when I uh, get on stage there. but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of work that goes into it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we all know when we think about it logically that there's these long histories to getting from deciding that you want to be an artist to actually being an artist. But so much of that is cut out for the theatrical performances that TV is mm-hmm. built on. And so that's why I love these conversations so much because no matter what we're dealing with, whether it's in the music industry or professionally or personally, we kind of all have this tendency to latch on to everybody's end result and forget about all the hard work that they took to get there. And when we then don't immediately have success, then we wonder what's wrong with us. Yep. No, it's, it's true. It's all this, it's years and years and years of work. It's, it's not just performing. I mean, you have to learn the industry. You have to learn about, um, you know, how to manage yourself and how to, you know, network yourself and, and promote yourself. And just, and, you know, there's so many people out there nowadays that it's, it's, it's a quick cash grab for them. You know, let me do your social media for you. And, you know, <laughs> you pay me X amount of time, uh, X amount of dollars a month, and I'll put up a post a week or something. But it's, it's things that you can do yourself. I mean, you can get your promo photos done and post them. And, you know, this is what's going on in my life. It's a lot more personable, right? It's, uh, you get to talk to people one-on-one, which is great. So, I mean, it's all about learn- that whole learning curve as well and just uh, getting up there. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to your story a little bit. So when you decided that this was something that you wanted to pursue full time, what was the support of your family like? Were they on board or did they think that you should find kind of a stable career or what did you deal with in family aspect of going into the music industry? Um, Yeah, they were extremely, they are extremely um, supportive. I remember, you know, completing school and sitting down with my mom at a restaurant and going, I want to be in a band and I, I want to do music. And she said, you love being the center of attention. I'm so <laughs> glad you're, you're doing, you're doing this. We'll do whatever we can to support. And I mean, they, I used to, I used to live in Vancouver there and they would come to every single one of my shows, whether it was just them or whether it was the whole crowd, a competition, whatever it was. I mean, they were supporting me through everything um you know unfortunately my my father's passed away now but uh my my mother if she could she'd be at my shows 
Um, she's, you know, supporting, sharing my, my interviews and my links and my videos. So they, they do whatever they can. And my entire, you know, extended family is, is listening to things and sharing and, and downloading. So, I mean, it's, it's a great support. That's really good to hear. And sorry to hear about the passing of your father. I know that that was part of the driving force behind your new single, Dear John, correct? Yes, absolutely. Um, So this single, I released it in October and I wanted to write a song for my father who had passed away two years ago from cancer. And I was writing with my best friend, Marianne Hannon, who's also featured on the track. And, um, I just kind of I sat down with her in a session and I thought, you know, this is what I want to write about. And she's like, yeah, you know, it's coming up to the 10 year anniversary of my father, of, of my brother's death. And we just kind of, um, like, okay, we want to write this. So we sat down in about 15, 20 minutes, we had like a demo written and, you know, it was, we really liked the sound of it. We went into the studio and we started recording it. And, you know, one day she's like, oh, my, my brother, John would really, love this and your brother's name is John my father's name is John and so we're like we're gonna name this dear John and like it was just like you know fate kind of put it all together and it's been really amazing it's you know the video we shot completely our our concept and just you know our vision for the song and what we wanted to say and just everything came together so nicely and and so well and it's picking up awards and it's 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 amazing just to to be able to kind of give that back to them and I, you know, they, they see what we're doing. So um, it's great to, to know that we're how we're doing. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. And that was one of the first songs that I listened to of yours. That message clearly got across. Um, I share that my father passed away about, I guess, we're going on almost 20 years now. And when I heard that, that was immediately what I thought of was like past relatives and things to that effect. And it definitely brings peace and kind of comfort, which I'm sure was the purpose of writing it in the first place. So that definitely gets across. I kind of wanted to write from a different perspective. There's a lot of songs out there that are, you know, I wish I could save you and take away your pain and that kind of thing. And I wanted to write from kind of their point of view. Like, are you, you know, are you proud of what we're doing? Do you see what we're doing? Are we, you know, going down the right path? That kind of message and so it was a little bit of a different take um and then we got you know mr atp rapping on it which is a nice flow to the track altogether. and yeah it just it just came out really nicely everyone's really happy with it and you know it's you know because it's you know john it's it could be a john doe or anything and, and it can relate worldwide which is great as well yeah yeah it is it's um i think going to be really far reaching so are you still based up in canada or um have you relocated uh, no, I'm I'm based in Toronto now instead of Vancouver. So I've relocated, but to the other side of the country. Okay. And as far as songwriting is concerned, do you write just for yourself or do you write for and pitch to other artists as well? I kind of do both. I mainly write for myself, but um, I, I don't pitch full songs. I, I kind of sit in and do songwriting um, sessions with different artists. So... Um, they're a part of it. I feel that if an artist is a part of the song that they're going to, it's portray more emotion and more feelings and put, you know, more into the song as well. So I'm glad to be a part of their kind of journey as well and helping them out. So yeah, I try and just collaborate and write together. One of the most interesting things that I 
that I learned when I was getting into this songwriter world. And at this point I've made contacts with so many different songwriters here in Vegas, but learning about that world was so interesting to me because we kind of all think as listeners of music that somebody's singing a song on the radio that we're hearing and they wrote that song. And there was this whole world behind it of songwriters and the stories and the emotions that go behind that song. And so that was an interesting connection for me, but I definitely agree with you that you can kind of tell when a songwriter or an artist has written their own song because of the emotion that kind of goes into that. Yeah, absolutely. And I've had some, I've had a couple of songs that were pitched to me and I recorded and, you know, I don't even include them in my set anymore. It's just, there's no feeling behind it. There's no real passion behind the song when I perform it. And I've kind of just left it. And I don't really want artists that I work with to feel that too, that here's a song, you're going to sing it. And there you go. I want, you know, I want that emotion, that passion, that, that feeling behind whatever they're performing to come from them. And so um, yeah, it's, it's pretty important my songwriting. So when you're co-writing with somebody, is it kind of like that collective emotional experience where there's like a little bit of each of you going into the song or how does that work? Yeah, I'd say so. There's a little bit of what I have to say, but I usually start with, you know, what, what do you want to write with? Let's, let's brainstorm the different feelings and ideas and maybe I'll shoot out a few uh, feelings. If I put myself in that place, how would I feel? I'm going to brainstorm and go through there and, and write a couple of key phrases and key things. And uh, then I'll usually kind of, um, you know, pick up the guitar or the piano and do go through a few chords and, and kind of figure out a couple of little melodies, but have them kind of sing it. What do you envision for this? What do you think of that? And kind of build the track around that and, and um, really get them involved in it. Again, yeah, just, uh, just start putting together the track and let them, you know, them have the input. That's awesome. So as far as songwriting, one of the reasons that um, I really wanted to have somebody like yourself on this podcast is because we talk so much in the entrepreneurial world about being authentic and being yourself and really defining your own idea of what life means, um, including success. And until I really delved into the songwriting world um, and got to know some songwriters, I didn't realize how much of a connection there was between songwriting and the authenticity that's involved in that. And I really don't think that there's another profession that I can think of where you wear your heart on your sleeve the same way that you do when you're an artist performing your own songs. How do you handle the stress or anxiety that might come along with writing something and knowing that you're putting a piece of you out there for the world to consume. And like, does that just come naturally to you or do you struggle with that? When I first started, I was struggling a little bit, just, you know, what would people think, you know, how would they judge me? But, you know, as I got more confident in my writing and my style and kind of developed into my own persona, it's, I like the way that my songs are portrayed. I always try to make sure that there's sort of an upbeat or some, you know, enlightening um, thing in my song that even if it could be a dark subject, like, you know, Dear John is about, you know, the passing of my relative, but it's it's written in such a way that you can listen to it and it's, it's not like super dark or super sad. It's, and it kind of makes you feel good. Um, my songs are like that, you know, either, you know, get up and dance or, 
or um, just have fun or just kind of forget your worries for those three and a half minutes and just kind of, you know, really listen to the song. And at the end of it, you're, you're not, you're not in a darker place. You're in a better place, I guess. And what advice would you have for somebody who's out there consuming content, whatever that content may be, whether it's blogs or podcasting or Facebook lives or whatever they're doing, what advice would you have for somebody that's kind of entering into that world of putting their own content out and trying to decide how to become comfortable with that? Yeah, just kind of figure out what kind of artist you want to be and just go for it. I mean, if you want to be, you know, a rock and roll artist, go for it. I mean, everybody starts from somewhere. You got to put your effort in, put your, put your hard work in and uh, you'll grow as an artist. If, you know, you can't listen to all these people out there that always have an opinion. You know, you should sound more like this person or you should not play this instrument, play that instrument. This is how you should look. Don't, don't pay attention to that. Just figure out who you want to be and just stick to that. And go for it. And it's okay if you want to change, but if you're changing because somebody else wants you to change, then you know maybe it's best to just walk away from that uh, those people and just stick to what you want to do. So just being like really, really true to you and in tune with what who you should be. Exactly. Exactly. So, exactly. Do you find that when you kind of get off of that track or? if not you personally, people that you're close to in the music industry who have kind of gotten off that track, that you can kind of tell when they're not being completely authentic with themselves and maybe the product isn't as good as it could be had they made some changes? Yeah, you know, I've been through that as well. Like I went through a phase where I tried dubstep and I tried like more R&B sounding things. And that was, you know, the producers that I was working with saying, ah, this is the direction you should go. And I was like, all right. And I tried it and I'm thinking, Thinking back on it now, was it really worth my time to try that? Because I know I like what I like. And, you know, I like those those dance beats mixed in with those kind of rock and roll solos and kind of a mixture of pop melodies and just kind of a whole mix mash of things. I know exactly what my sound should be and what I want it to sound like. And, you know, they just didn't support it and they kind of pulled me in all different directions. And, I mean... I don't perform those songs. I don't really talk about them much, even the collaborations or the songwriting, because it wasn't, it, you know, it, it helps me grow as an artist, but not in the direction that I wanted to go. So, yeah, but, you know, everybody has an opinion. You know, you should have added more of this to your song and more of that, or why are you singing like this instead of like this? And I mean, everybody has an opinion. So you just got to stick to your guns in that one. Everybody does have an opinion and sometimes they're not worth listening to. So I love that you said that. Um, has there ever been a situation where you've written something or recorded something and you finished it and you're like, man, that just did not turn out the way that I wanted it to. Or you listen to it and you're like, man, that that is not good. And how do you kind of deal with picking yourself back up after that? Yes, 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 yes. All the time. I mean, I am constantly writing demos and, and trying to figure things out and um I mean I, th I think you know it sounds really good at the time and, and it doesn't perfect example I've been in the studio the last little while and I had you know everything was set and I really liked it coming out of the studio and I got home and I just kind of left it for a few days and went back to it and I basically you know messaged my producer and said uh no, this is not going to work. <laughs> so we're uh, we're reworking it, but um, you know it's okay to start over. It's okay to uh, to say you don't like it. At the end of the day, I mean, if 
if you can play your song, your finished song over and over a thousand plus times and you don't get sick of it, it's a good song. You know, if you've got other people singing your song as well after one or two listens, that's a good song. I mean, <laughs> you got to be happy with it. It's it's going to be stuck with you forever. So it's always good just, you know, take a breather for, for a little bit and come back to it and see, see what you got. Have you ever had that situation where you're, you're maybe not completely convinced about something and then you release it and people latch on and you're like, man, that's not the response I thought I was going to get. Are there songs out there that maybe aren't your favorites, but you find that your listeners really latch on to them and that surprises you? Or are you pretty congruent with your listeners? Um, there has been, you know, one or two, I don't, well, they're unreleased now. They're back to being un, unpublished. But uh, I had a few things on YouTube there that I thought I'd just test out and people really loved it. But, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't completely authentic to myself so I just kind of took them down but uh yeah I mean sometimes I get you know if, if I get sick of a song and, and I've taken songs out of my set list and I've had you know fans come come to me after the show and say oh we were waiting for this song and you never played it I'm thinking really but I've played that like every day or every show for the last couple of years <laughs> but okay but <laughs> you never know what the fans are going to listen to so well, you mentioned in the past that there have been situations that weren't completely in tune with who you were. And then you've listened to something and been like, okay, that's just not going to work. So when you have creative differences with a publisher or with a manager or with something like that, how do you handle those? Do you have complete creative control over your music or does your publisher or manager have additional input based upon your contracts? Um, no, I have, you know, 100% creative control. But you know, this, this, this producer I'm working with right now, he's, he's fantastic and he really gets my vision and we've done a couple of songs now together and so he just kind of gets what I'm trying to portray so I mean yeah it has happened in the past but it depends on who you work with and your type of relationship you have if it doesn't work out so I know we we tried to before Dear John was worked with this producer we kind of worked with another producer and you know we, we didn't see eye to eye at all it just didn't work and I kind of let him continue with his process just in case I could be wrong. And uh, yeah, at the end of the, the first session, we kind of got our, a version of it back and it was nothing like what we wanted. So, you know, I kind of let them, them run with it just to see what their kind of creative version is. But at the end of the day, I mean, if, if I don't like it, I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep it. So it's kind of like that balance between like having an open mind, but then also being willing to say, okay, that's enough. This isn't what I want to put out. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, all every producer out there has a different way of looking at things. And I'm, you know, coming from that background as well, I, I see a vision and this is kind of what I see for it. But you never know when you're working with somebody else what their vision is. So they could, you know, oh, let's just tweak this, this drum set or let's just tweak this instrument here. And it could come out with a completely different version of the song, which is kind of cool. But at the end of the day, I mean, if it doesn't work for the song, it doesn't work for the song. So <laughs> you just have to find well, that. And what I love about what you're saying right now is just something that I talk about a ton, which is that the people that you surround yourself with are so important. And that can work from a motivational standpoint or a mindset standpoint, but also in a creative standpoint as well. Like once you find that team, as you said, that sees your vision, then everything just kind of falls into place. 
Yes, yes. It's extremely important to have that. And I mean, even, you know, working with the other featured artist on, on the latest track, Dear John, you know, we, we did butt heads a few times with, you know, creative things in, even though it was a quick session, you know, creative things and in, in what something should sound like or how the video should look. But at the end of the day, you know, things were all solved and everybody was happy. It just, you have to learn how to, you know, take the advice as well as give it, so be, you know, kind of be on both sides. And do you find that those creative differences are actually kind of helpful in, in pushing you into areas that you may not have considered in the past? Yeah, absolutely. Because you never know what you're, what they're going to suggest or what they're going to change or, or what they're going to do. I mean, it's all a learning curve. No one's ever truly finished learning. So you can always learn something from somebody else. Always. Always. I like that. So you have Dear John that came out as far as, and I know people can find that on your YouTube channel. They can also follow you on social media to find that. What other things do you have coming up that you're excited for? Do you have any event dates coming up or anything like that or any additional singles that you're getting ready to release that you can talk about? Um, yeah. So with the whole COVID-19 thing happening right oh, now, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a little, you know, kind of up in the air. I did have a TV appearance on the third but we're kind of doing a workaround but I have a tentative show booked on uh, June 11th I'm in Toronto so we'll see if that's still sticking but you know the main thing is to make sure everyone's everyone's safe so you know unfortunately if this pandemic's still going on we're gonna have to reschedule that but uh, as for now I'll be doing uh, I'll be releasing some videos and just kind of uh, maybe doing an acoustic version of a couple of songs and, and shooting you know, videos for that just to get some content out. But uh, you can't really say too much on the show. Things are changing from day to day, unfortunately. For sure. And I certainly hope that by June, you're good to go. If I have to self-isolate for more than another month, I'm probably going to go crazy. So we're going to hope for, um, we're going to hope for good news. So this podcast is the More Than Corporate podcast, where we talk about defining your own idea of success and really owning authentically who you are. Um, we've talked about a little bit of this already, but in order to get this conversation started, I always ask the same question to my guests. And that is, what is your personal idea of success? How do you define that for yourself? Um, for me, I like to set goals. And once, once I reach those goals, whether they are small or you know, somewhere up there, once I reach those goals, that's success to me. Um, and everybody defines it differently, but I mean, I am constantly setting goals for myself, whether it's to write a demo today or to have a song finished by the end of the month or to release an album by the end of the year, to win an award, whatever the case is, you know, once I can start checking those off, you know, I'm, I know I'm successful in what I'm doing and I, I just continue. And have you always been a goal setter or is that something that kind of came as you got further into your career? Uh, no, I've always been a goal setter. I like to kind of write things down in paper um, and just kind of check it off physically. You know, I've, I've got, you know, a list of, of goals for, you know, for personal goals, music goals and work related, home related and just kind of, um, I'm very, I like to see this is my plan for the year and kind of go from there. This is my five-year plan. This is 
whatever the case is and, and work to it. Because I find if I have something to work towards, then I'm, I'm more likely to work harder for it and, and go after it a lot quicker. And when you're setting those goals, what techniques or personal things do you use to make sure that you're, um, number one, setting these well-rounded goals so that you can keep your personal life and your professional life in check, but also make sure that you're setting goals that are taking you in a direction that you actually want your life to go. Um, so it's musically, I kind of, I figure out what the long-term goal is. So for example, this year was to release uh, an EP or an album by the end of the year. And so in order to do that, I know I'm, you know, a few songs short, I've got to go into the studio. So I'm trying to, if I can't go into the studio right now because of the situation, what can I do at home to achieve going in with that one song? So I know I have to kind of backtrack a little bit and go, okay, well, I need to write 10 demos in order to pick one and then go into the studio with the one that's more, uh, the most um, well-rounded and well-written, one I like the most and then go in from there. But in order to do a demo, what do I need to do? I need to write every day. I need to write at least, you know, five pages worth of lyrics or something, you know, like you just create smaller goals and you step back. What can I do every single day in order to reach that end goal? So I kind of backtrack a little bit from the main goal and then set it up that way. And have you ever had a situation where you're setting a goal and working towards something and then something shifts inside you and you're like, okay, this is no longer what I want? And if so, how do you allow yourself to adjust to chase your new goals? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's priority. So a few years ago, I wanted to gain, my main goal for the year was to gain experience, to travel, to experience different cultures, different music, um, different sites, and really get inspiration. So my goal was to travel to a new, at least one country a month. So um, I exceeded that. You know, I, I spent the year traveling and doing that and, and really gaining a lot of um, insight into things. But, you know, that, that wasn't necessarily my goal for the next year. So I had to kind of shift that. And what, did, what did I want to do with that? Well, I needed to focus on my writing. I needed to focus on writing demos and, you know, shooting videos or shooting or getting you know into the studio and just kind of doing that. So, I mean, every time I shift the goal, it's it's for personal gain. Like it'll get me to my ultimate goal in the end. So, um, I don't have a problem shifting it. I, I usually, you know, I can justify it pretty well inside my head. So yeah, I just go from there. That's awesome. And that's great advice for the people that are listening to this as well, just to be able to constantly be listening to yourself and also be setting those kind of action step things to get you to your main goal. So I like that a lot. As far as fulfillment is concerned, there's this like all these conversations about success and fulfillment in your career. Um, for you, which one comes first? Do you find that you're fulfilled because you're successful or that you're successful because you're doing something that makes you feel fulfilled? Um, yeah, definitely. I feel successful because I'm doing something that is fulfilling in my life. I really feel that, you know, I am getting my message out there. You know, I'm, I'm my music out there. People are loving it. They're listening to it. They're sharing it. And that even to have it touch one person, that's success to me. I mean, it's, a lot of people, you know, there's so much music out there and, and so many videos and so much content that, you know, you never know who, who you're going to 
you know, get in front of. And yeah, just, a, just even one, one person that I don't know to come and send me a message and say, I really listened to your song. I, you know, I loved it. I've shared it. I liked it. I commented anything that's, you know, that's huge for me. And it's so interesting that you say that because I know that there's a lot of people out there that are listening that would say, oh, you know, these artists, they spend their time putting this together, but they don't want, like, they don't want to hear from me. And obviously what you're saying is we absolutely do want to hear from you. Like, I want to know that I'm making an impact. Let me know. Is that right? Absolutely. Because I wouldn't be here without, without my fans and without listeners and without you know, people listening to what, what I have to say. So even if it's one person and I'm not talking like, it's great that my family and my friends listen to us, but if somebody on the other side of the world or in a different country and is listening and go, yeah, you know, that really touched me. You know, I, you know, I can relate in this way or I can relate in that way. Like that's amazing. It's interesting that you say that about family because family loves us so much that they are not always as critical as they should be. Like everything that we do is amazing. And so it's kind of hard to tell what's actually making an impact and what's not because they're so supportive. Yeah. And my, and my, my parents have always been supportive. You know, I, I didn't actually tell my mom I was writing a song about my dad. And, you know, I went to the studio and recorded it, shot the video and waited for her to come traveled to Toronto and I showed the video to her and to um, the other featured artist's mom and we played the video and her her comment you know we were like what did you think and and my mom was you've always been great at putting your emotions into words and into songs I'm really proud of you and like I I know that my mom is always proud of me but I mean you know to hear that too like you know that whatever I do is it's, you know, she's happy with what I'm doing, but that's family, right? Like it's, if I can get somebody else too, that's, and it's not even validation. It's more of just, you're, you found my song in another country that I've never been to and that it's made an impact on your life. That is amazing. Yeah. The, the reach of that. And I think music is one of those things that's just so universal that we can find um, comfort or peace or motivation or whatever we're, we're looking for in music and um, being able to connect that to the person that actually provided that to us is so amazing. And so um, I could definitely see how that would go both ways as well. So as far as kind of comfort zones and ruts. And, you know, we talked a little bit about creative differences and how the a difference in creative differences could kind of push you into an area that you've never been before. But have you ever been sitting in a spot where you just feel like you're writing the same thing over and over again? And you're like, man, I have to do something different. I feel like I'm just getting way too comfortable here. And how did you push yourself out of that spot? Yes, absolutely. Uh, when I first started writing, I was writing a lot on the piano. And as, you know, most people know, pop songs have, you know, certain formulas, the same kind of chords, um, same kind of chord progressions. And I was just falling into that rut of creating the typical, you know, chord progressions. And then my melodies would sound similar or the same, or it would sound like another song that's already out there. And I just thought I need to take a step back. And I started learning guitar. And uh, which is completely out of my wheelhouse. And um, 
you know, started playing around with, you know, different strings and different things. And I really had no idea what I was doing, but it's so far been benefiting me. I mean, Dear John was written on guitar. It was the first song I've ever written on guitar. And it's, it sounds completely different than any of my other songs out there. So, I mean, sometimes you just got to see the songs through a different point of view. And in this case, it was guitar, different instrument, switch it up a little bit. Maybe you can't do write on a guitar, find a different instrument to write on. Like different and just different sounds. And um, yeah, it'll just kind of shift the way you think. It's so interesting that you say that because I think that we all kind of get into this rut where we get bored and and sometimes that's your career, sometimes it's your personal life, sometimes, you know, what whatever area of your life that it's in. And so many of us think that you have to change everything in your life to be interested again. But what you just said about songwriting makes so much sense because sometimes it's just changing that chord or changing that instrument or changing a little bit here. Um, and I could see how that could totally relate to kind of some of our entrepreneurial listeners that sometimes you just got to switch up your routine a little bit and do something a little bit differently to, to bring that fire back into what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to know the, you know, in my case, you don't have to know the instrument perfectly. I think I knew three chords at the, the time I was writing that and uh, I kind of tried to discover my own chords or versions of them or whatever you want to call it. I mean, even now I'm kind of figuring out, oh, this sounds cool. I don't know what chord that is, but it sounds cool. And, and uh, I've, I've started building some new demos, but uh, yeah, you just got to change it up, you know, change the scenery, change of, change of instrumentation, get inspired by something completely different, different sounds. It doesn't even have to be an instrument. You can, you know, take a vibration from something and, and modify it into something else or, uh, you know, even something like a snap or a clap and change that into something else and modify it and build your track off that. That's so amazing. And it's, it's motivating for somebody like myself that has been like, I've been trying to learn the guitar for so long and I get so freaking frustrated that I put it away and go back to my piano. And it's like, that's where my comfort zone is at is in my piano. And then I want to learn the guitar so badly, but I don't. So to hear somebody like yourself say that, you wrote Dear John with like three chords is motivating for somebody like myself that just wants to be able to play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it was pretty interesting. I was like, Oh, I only know these ones. I'm like, how, how many ways can I move the chords around? And then all of a sudden, you know, I went into the studio and they're like, you know, if you added this chord or this chord, and I'm thinking even to this day, I'm like, you're, you're talking about an F sharp on something. I don't know. Like, I, I have know. to go learn it. That's <laughs> so. funny. And I think that it's so interesting because we all feel at some point in time, like we have to be the best at something before we can really jump into it. And so you have all these people out there that have these ideas that they want to get out into the world and they never do because they don't feel like they're good enough for them. And that's why I love your message about that so much because you weren't perfect at it. And there are a lot of people that are probably better guitar players than you are, um, yet you didn't let it stop you from putting out something that was important to you into the world. Absolutely. You know, you just got to work on your craft. And, you know, I'm, I'm working with a a songwriter now and you know she's new to songwriting and and I was like, oh just just what is the first thing that, I, that comes to your mind what is you know um here's some chords I'm gonna play this you know um and she's like I don't know well what, what about and then you know all of a sudden we put this demo together about a chicken wing 
I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but it's, it's a whole, you know, it's a, it really is a song about a chicken wing, but it's a songwriting exercise. And like, this is, I'm, sh- I'm trying to show her, this is how I would record the demo. This is how I do the vocals. This is how I edit. You know, you can learn the process this way. On top of it, you came up with the melody. You came up with the lyrics and, and see that, you know, this is, yeah, it might not go anywhere, but this is in your back pocket. And, uh, You'll always kind of remember that and kind of every time you go to songwriting, you'll you'll figure out how to improve upon your, your skills here. Yeah, I think that's also one of the most important things is like you'll figure out how to improve. Like you can't get better at something if you don't start. That's exactly it. I mean, no, nobody's perfect. Everybody's got to work on it. Everybody started, you know, from scratch. So you just kind of keep working on your craft. I love it. And I've, I've really enjoyed um, our conversation today. And I think there's been so many amazing nuggets of information that can be taken from both the songwriting and music world into the entrepreneurial world and just into everybody's personal life as far as defining their own idea of success. Um, but I'm actually super, super excited to see what happens with Dear John and what happens with your um, future singles that you put out. Where can people track down your music if they want to follow you? Yeah, so my website is kristenkarma.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N-K-A-R-M-A.com. Um, I'm on SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook, everywhere. Um, and it's me who, who operates all the social media. So, I mean, if, if anyone is sending me a message, you will get a response from me directly. Um, I love to hear from my fans about anything, how their day is going, how the songs impacted them. And just, uh, it's really what keeps me going in the end and, and to keep writing. So um, yeah, reach out. That's awesome. Um, before we wrap up today, I would love to give everybody an opportunity to get to know you a little bit more with a quick random round. Is that okay with you? Yeah, no problem. All right. So what profession other than your own do you think would be fun to attempt? Um, being a pilot. So that's awesome. Um, if you could time travel, where would you go and why? Ooh, I'd go, I'd go back to like the 1940s era, kind of when, you know, swing dance and, and jazz and that kind of era was, everybody was, uh, dressed nicely and acted nicely and yeah. Kind of an easier, simpler time than what we're in now. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a personality trait that you think has been most helpful to you throughout your life? Ooh, um, personality traits. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty like happy all around, happy-go-lucky, positive, and it's uh, it's it's opened a lot of doors for me to be pretty like out there with my my uh, goofiness and happiness. Love it. Um, as far as um, content, do you prefer to read books, um, listen to audiobooks, or listen to podcasts? Ooh, listen to podcasts. Podcasts. Yeah. And what podcast do you recommend the most, or what book have you gifted the most? Um, I gifted the most probably The Secret. I don't know oh, if you've heard about that. Yeah, yeah, that's a great book. 
Um, yeah. All right. So I am a music nerd and this is actually the first time that I've actually been able to ask this question to a musician. So um, I always ask all of my guests, what's your motivation song right now? What pumps you up, gets you out of bed? If you had something that like you can't stop listening to right now, what is that? Ooh, Higher Love, uh, Whitney Houston, the, the remix. Oh yeah. Whitney's, I mean, Whitney's just classic. You can, you can never turn off Whitney as it is. So no, no, you can't. <laughs> awesome. And then do you have a morning routine that kind of sets you up for your day? And if so, what does it look like? Um, my morning routine. Um, well, I do wake up at 5am for my day job. Um, yes, I do have one. So, um, it's pretty much just get up, uh, read through my kind of, um, daily affirmations and pack my lunch, go to work. Dude, that is early. I am not envious of that 5am <laughs> stuff. That is way too early. Um, um, well, thank you yeah. so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. We're going to post the Dear John link in the show notes, but I'm also going to shout it out to my social media channels before um, so that we can get some some more traction on that for you as well as your social media handles. But I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and share some insight with our listeners into what the songwriter and musician lifestyle is like and how it relates to our entrepreneurial world. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Take care and have a fantastic evening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. I hope that something that was said resonated with you or provided value to you in one way or another. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on the show. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Amber Furman. Also, I've created a Facebook community for followers of the show to interact with me and other members of the community. You can find that on Facebook at More Than Corporate. So go ahead and join that group if you'd like to stay up to date on podcast happenings and meet some really cool people. Again, thanks so much for tuning in.